0: Pauline reminded us not to get drunk on wine in this season. Just uh, the the verse comes from Ephesians um, chapter five, verse eighteen, and probably is one of my go-to verses in terms of the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit does amongst us as believers. And um, I just thought it would be helpful just to give you a few things. I hadn't planned this today. Um, I had a whole other talk to do. But God's highlighted this to us. I feel there's there's something in it that uh, would be helpful for just even these moments, guys. Just stay here because I haven't <laughs> prepared anything, so it may not be very long. But I feel there's something here for us. Elaine, if you could just pop it up on the screen for us. So just go down to verse um, 17, if you can. Oh, it's on the screen. Thank you. Yeah, as if by. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This is the Apostle Paul writing to a church in Ephesus. And he's encouraging them in the work of the Spirit. And uh, if you know anything about Paul's letters, I've probably said before, So the first half is of his letters is often all about what Jesus has done for us. And you, you get that in, in, in many of his letters. And then so the second half is, okay, in light of all that Jesus has done, churches, this is how you now live. This is how you should be operating. This is how you should be anticipating what God's got for you. And so he's, he's writing to them about how they they live as, as believers together uh, and I'm sure would apply in terms of their own um, families and, and their own walk with God. So he's saying, understand what the Lord's will is for you, church. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And this whole sort of Comparison that he's giving between what it looks like to be drunk on wine and what it looks like to be drunk on the Spirit, and we know that you know in other passages in Acts two when when they're filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, everybody's looking at them and saying, "Well, why are these guys drinking?" They're not drinking; they're being filled with the Spirit. So there's sometimes an ed- an essence of when you see somebody who's being filled with the Spirit, it looks like they're drunk. It has that sort of implication, and if you've ever seen anybody who looks a little bit drunk, it's that sort of looking different to what they normally look like. There's a, some, a change, but when you're drunk, you're not in control. You're not remembering what's happened. You're not seeing what you're doing. But being filled with the Spirit, you're still in control. And yet there's an impact of God that gives the impression of looking drunk. And so he's making this comparison that it's actually okay to be a little bit different when God's meeting with us. And we have to be sort of relaxed in God's presence that sometimes he does things that feel, for us who are British, very un-British-like. And, and we like to be reserved. We like to sit in straight rows. We all like to face in one direction. And, and yet God comes and he says, do you know what? It's a little bit like, imagine uh, an old school um, blackboard remember what old school blackboards were like when they used to write on the chalk and then they get the old dust rubber out and you'd rub away the chalk and then you write again, you'd rub it away again, you write again, you rub it away and you just just end up with this sort of smeary mess. Do you remember those who, who were old enough to remember blackboards? Um, uh, these guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Now it's whiteboards and it's all very clinical. It's all very smart and, and in fact whiteboards are dying away, aren't they? Because it's all this stuff that has nothing. It's all presented on computers. Well, being being a life in the spirit sometimes is a bit like being a blackboard. Sometimes it's a bit messy. Sometimes it actually isn't clean and clinical and and sharp. And actually, the way God deals with us can be messy. And we must be always open to being messy, not ever to be polished and formal. And just this machine of church life is just so well precisioned but actually being part of God's family sometimes looks a bit of a mess. But actually, when we're a bit of a mess, God works with us. When we feel like our life is like eggshells, do you know, that's when God does his greatest work. Yeah, often it's said, isn't it, that uh, it's not in the mountaintops is the fertile, fertile soil. The, the fertile soil is actually in the valleys. It's, that's where the hard work of walking with God often is, is done. So he's giving this comparison between being drunk on wine and being filled with the Spirit. And this whole sense of being filled with the Spirit is not a want of filling. It's not a moment in 1986. I was at this meeting and God met with me, and I knew I was filled with the Spirit. Now, those can be memories that are important to us. There was a day when I, or a season, perhaps more than a day, I remember when I actually met with God, and being baptized in the Spirit is that I, as I discovered who He was, and what the Holy Spirit was wanting to do in my life. And so there is a point where we can look back and think, Yes, I remember that. But actually, what Paul's saying is, He's be filled with the Spirit. It's not I once off. It's keep being filled. That's the tense behind the verse. It's as you every every time you come to Him, be filled with the Spirit. And of course, He's writing not to individuals. He's not writing to a Steve Hunter and say, Steve, be filled. He's writing to a church. And so he's saying to the Weymouth Family Church of his day, church, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let it be a once-off thing. Every time you come to him, be ready, be open. And why was this morning did I feel that there was something God wanted to do more than I did last week or maybe more than I think next week? I don't know. But what we do want to do is come with a sense of uh, uh, an, an attitude, if you like, of being continually being filled with the, with the Spirit. It's in what's called the passive voice, if you understand sort of English uh, grammar. And what that means is that it's not something that we can do. I can't fill myself with the Spirit. Only God can fill me. And so this sense of passive voice is that God is going to do something that I can't do for myself. So I can't come in here and just think, All right, okay, this morning, Holy Spirit, I'm ready for you. I just, I don't, It's not a switch. It's like as God fills us, he then moves. We need to be open to him, but it's his voice that comes to us. So I say, it's a corporate sense. It's a, the sense of a whole church being filled, not ones and twos, but the whole church being filled. And it comes as a command to us. It comes as a, you know, if you feel like it, you can be, no, no, no. This is a command to the church from Paul. Church, continue to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Why is it important for us to be baptized in the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit? So, verse 19, so that you are able to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason we get filled is that we want to hear God speak. We want to know that he's present. As I go home from today, I know I've been impacted by God through the church being open to his spirit moving and people being willing to stand up and say, I feel God saying this to us. That's new wine. And every time we come, it's new wine. It's not, the same, it's not the same prophecy. It's not the same scripture. It's not the same tongue. It's new wine every time we come. And we need to be people who are constantly open to his spirit. Amen? Amen. We're going to sort of come towards a close, but I, I just want us again to, uh, perhaps James, as he just leads us in, in a final song, let's just come with a fresh sense of, do you know what? I need to be open again to this the Spirit of God. I want to be, I'm part of the church. It's not for them, it's for us. It's not for an individual, it's for a corporate body. There are people in this room this morning that have been, I wouldn't say itching, but know that God has spoken to them, but haven't yet brought it. I believe there are people in this room that you've, you've looked at others and you think I could never do that. Do you know what? it doesn't have to be clever. What was the first thing Ken brought to us? The joy of the Lord is our strength. It, it, one says, doesn't get more simple than that. But it was a key to God doing something greater. So we don't have to come with wise and clever words. It doesn't have to be half an hour long. Please don't let it be half an hour long. You come with what God's given you. And as you come, he opens doors. He opens doors. As you pray, Fred, he opens doors. You're a man of faith that has much more to bring to us. I really believe that there's a depth to you that we not seldom see, but I think we could do with a bit more. So I just encourage you, bring, keep bringing that to us. Marianne, God's given you a voice to speak. You're not timid, you're not shy. He's planted in you a voice that we need to hear. Guys, let's just keep, let's keep pressing, pressing until we're just going to sing a song. Just, I'm going to just give you, we're going to close around about 12. So if you feel God's got something for us, now's your moment. James, lead us. Just come.